WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. Well, well, well. I got my season tickets to the Penguins by UPS. Sid didn't drop them off. Gino didn't drop them off. Tanger didn't drop them off. Not even Chad Ruedel could be bothered to drop them off. Alas, you so recall we hardly knew you. Not after 52 years of me going to games, it's, hey, UPS man, thanks a lot. Want to play street hockey in the driveway? And you could, too. I got a net and a shooter tutor and about 400 balls. 52 years, as in every year of the franchise. What about Dana Hines, the equipment guy? If he dropped them off with a cup of his great coffee, at least that'd be something. But no, no. Hey, let's play street hockey with the kids. Let's write an excuse because they stayed home from school. And by the way, that right there is Sidney Crosby contributing to the decline of education in America. Fake note, fake news. What about Selena Pompiani? Or Steve Mears? He lives right down the street from me. TC, the beer guy. John Dimitrovich, the security guy in the media room. Jeff Jimerson. Iceberg. Okay, maybe not Iceberg. Hey, next year, just have the UPS guy tape the tickets to a brick and ricochet it off my head. Hey, Penguins, guess what? You just made the list. By the way, if John Dimitrovich is listening, my good friend who's the longtime security guard in the uh, media room, who used to chase me away from the players' entrance when I was a little kid trying to get autographs and broken sticks. John, you need to come back for one more year. One more year. One more year. And I saw that note Sid wrote for the kids who cut school to play street hockey when Sid dropped off the tickets. I never realized before that in Sid's signature, the S is an 8 and the Y is a 7. As in 87. His signature is bookended by the number 87. I love Sid. I really do. But he needs therapy. Many, many years of therapy, no doubt. I mean, how long ago did Sid start doing that? When he was like 11, I bet. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Dial 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Here's the stuff I have to put up with. Now, listen to a tweet I sent out earlier today. And I love busting Juju Smith-Schuster's balls because whenever I do on Twitter, all you idiots out there just flock like carp at a spillway. Like those big, stupid, scaly fish with the big, gaping mouths. You just run up and beg for bread like carp at a spillway. Earlier I tweeted, and there's a serious point in here as well. Earlier I tweeted, Lev Bell is living life same as Juju. But you hate Bell and love Juju. Why? Because Juju showed up for work? Bell is unemployed right now. Maybe Bell should sit in a dark room silent and listen to whale sounds until he plays football again. 
Uh, that's a valid point. But by way of example to the response I get, hashtag here we go. And that's quite a Twitter handle. Hashtag here we go tweets, let me know when Juju was suspended for smoking weed, didn't participate in training camp, went to strip clubs instead, passed out drunk during game week instead of showing up, he's a kid with an ego but nowhere near Bell, F you racist asshat. Okay, I don't recall Bell passing out drunk during game week instead of showing up. He didn't participate in training camp because he's not a contracted employee. And why not go to strip clubs if you've got nothing better to do? Heck, that was my modus operandi for years. But what you love is when the guy calls me a racist because Lev Bell is also black. So if I said what he did and what Juju did are comparable, well, I'm not criticizing either one, really. But if I'm supporting Bell in his battle against mindless Yinzer Nation because he's doing as he has the right to do, well, he's black. He is also black, but I know that's how entitled millennial America is. If you criticize a person of color, you're a racist. If you criticize a woman, you're a sexist. Even if that criticism is merited, you are a racist and or a sexist. And in the case of Serena Williams, I am both, and in a big way too, according to you, but I am not. What I am is right about Serena and about this. I can't believe anybody would listen to this show over the years and conclude I'm a racist. I've had a couple sexist moments that I regret. Like when that webcam hooker kept asking me on Twitter when the last time I saw my penis was, and I responded in a way I'm not proud of, and wound up in the New York Daily News. Then again, I was in the New York Daily News. That's pretty cool. But I don't know how you could listen to this show and make those conclusions about me. Unless, of course, that's the conclusion you just want to reach in the first place because you're an entitled millennial piece of crap. And let me tell you, I don't care if a millennial ever listen to this show again. I think you're all entitled pieces of crap who don't want to work for a living. All of you. I think that. If you don't like it, don't listen and F off. You guys don't spend money anyway. You're cheap bastards. The money-making demographic, 35 and up, oh, I am king. I am king and Lady Luck is queen. Just like the Joker's wild. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Dejan at the bottom of the hour. I have to admit one thing, too. I was kind of poking fun at Sid because his autograph, the S is an 8, and the second Y is a 7. So, you know, the autograph's a big 87. If you look at my signature, you can tell what my street hockey number one when I was a kid. 22. After Greg Polis and Mike Bossy, 22. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. And now I'm getting tweets. I can't believe you expect the Penguins to drop off the tickets. That a player. Okay, do you know what a bit is on this show? When you do stuff to be funny. And actually, like I said, and I talked to Tom McMillan about this today. One year we should do a bit for Penguins TV. Like I was joking about yesterday where they do drop off the tickets and I act like you would expect me to act if you believe what you want to believe. 
You know, I got to admit, it does piss me off when people say stuff like they do about me on Twitter, which is why the best thing I did was stop responding to it. But just as every time, and this is true, and it's not just me, I'm not the only victim here. You millennials, you're better at being a victim than I am anyway. I'll leave, I'll leave the victim part to you. Every time you criticize a person of color, you're a racist. Every time you don't totally serve that agenda, you're a racist. It's the way it is now in the world. And what do they call that again when you have to think the same way? Oh, yeah, fascism. That's right. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of fascists on the right side of the street. There's a ton of fascists on the left side of the street. And none of them think they're fascist, and they all are. Most of them could probably spell fascist. They think there's an H in it. 105.9 X. The super genius, Mark Madden. It's a rare chance for you to have a brush with greatness. Make the most of it. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Say, here's another great name from the past. The X at 105.9. I got a little more news on the Gregory Polanco situation. I just posted a video of him sliding, or some facsimile thereof, on Twitter. Polanco not only hurt his leg, as was announced immediately, from that rotten slide. But he also got shoulder surgery today. His shoulder was severely dislocated in that slide. And I'm told he may miss action next season. That's how bad the injury is, how severe the surgery had to be to correct it. You got the leg thing too. He is no guarantee for the start of next season, I'm told. Now, if you look at this video of him sliding, he looks like he's trying to kung fu kick a five-year-old or a little person, maybe Peter Dinklage from Game of Thrones. Guy's 27 years old. He's a professional baseball player. He's in the major leagues. He's played baseball his whole life, and he doesn't know how to slide. I'm sorry. I think that injury's hilarious. I think the fact he'll be out in the next season, potentially, is hilarious. Whenever a dumbass gets punished for being a dumbass, I think that's hilarious. Not to be critical. We got Dejan at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Luke in the car. Luke, you're on with Double M. Mr. Madden, how are you doing today? Good. I just wanted to ask you, what do you think the absence of Martavis Bryant's just pure athleticism and how it's going to hurt Juju Smith-Schuster to be able to perform as a wide receiver? I don't think it hurts Juju Smith-Schuster at all. I think that it wasn't too long last season when Juju Smith-Schuster had usurped the job and certainly Ben's confidence as the Steelers' number two target. So I don't think his job changes at all. Now what could hurt the whole passing game would be if uh, James Washington doesn't come on and jump to the number three receiver spot sooner, not later, because Justin Hunter stinks. And if they're going to target him, what was it, five times? And he played 51 snaps at Cleveland? Yeah, you're right, exactly, Luke, too many times. So uh, that's what could screw up the whole Steelers passing game and not the absence of Martavis Bryant. You know, he'd be absent anyway because he got suspended for drugs again. Let's go to Matt in North Hills. Matt, you're on with Double M. What up, Mark? What up, man? Hey, so... I was calling about the overtime and then ending in a tie situation, and I think I have a uh, solution to it. Well, let me interrupt first, Matt. Uh, Yeah. In any sport, whether it's football, hockey, baseball, soccer, well, not baseball. Baseball's different and has traditionally Mm -hmm. been different. 
but I've never had a problem with a, a hockey game, a soccer game, or a football game ending in a tie. Because once upon a time, tradition held that there would be ties in all those games. But I digress. Go ahead. No, uh, fair enough, fair enough. I just prefer to have a winner at the end of the game. Well, that's that's um, latter-day American culture. Go ahead. Right, right. But I was thinking maybe something similar to a shootout in soccer where you start off at the 25-yard line, have each kicker earn that paycheck they get, and then each time they make it, move back 10, 5 yards until one of them miss, and then whichever team doesn't miss, that's the winner of the game. Why not have them play horse? Hey, I mean, if they can bro, play bro, horse, it's, it bro, No offense, it. she's like a good guy, and this has been a, a well-delivered call. It's a rotten idea. It's too, it's too uh, NHL skills competition-y. It's too dunk contest-y. And considering how rarely overtime comes up, I'd rather see them use college overtime. That, as an element of showbiz to it, but not ridiculously so, as per your uh, suggestion. And when people see college overtime, the crowd's excited. When people see NFL overtime, it's, oh, no, more football. I like college overtime, and that's what the NFL should use. And I believe, very sincerely, that if the NFL, if college overtime wasn't like it was, if it was just, you know, like the NFL does, and the NFL could present that kind of overtime as their idea and not stealing from college football, I think the NFL would use college football overtime. Let's go to Tom in Virginia. Tom, you're on with Mark. Super, super genius. How you doing? What up? Hey, first off, I'm 36 years old. I love being in this demographic. It's awesome. Yeah, I'll tell anyway. you what. I, I wouldn't want to be a millennial for anything. Entitled whiny bitches. And I use that in the whining dog uh, use of the word and not denigrating females because that'll be the next call of complaints. Bitches, dogs, or bitches. Don't whine like a dog. Don't be bitches. I love that whole uh, segment you had. It was your Howard Beale from Network moment. But um, getting to... Oh, I've had a lot of those. I know. They're great. Um, I've heard a lot of people talking about the Steeler game coming up that, oh, we have Kansas City's number. Uh, I just don't feel that that argument holds any water anymore now that they have uh, a new person at quarterback. I wanted to see your thoughts. Um. Uh, it depends what you think. You're talking about Mahomes, right? Yeah. I think he's pretty good, but there's no way to tell after one game. No, true. I, I think, though, it seems like Alex Smith was more prone to making those crucial mistakes. Mahomes still could. Like you said, we don't know. Alex Smith, more... I saw a quote from Travis Kelsey, and I believe Ian Eagle brought it up earlier. You know, he uh, Smith checked on to Kelsey more, and that made Kelsey into what he is. That reputation is a big-time tight end. If what you're saying, Tom, is that we really don't know about the Kansas City offense after one game, you're right. But we do know Tyreek Hill's the fastest player in football. And, and we do know he can break games problem. open, and we know he just did. Like I said, let me ask you. I, I had that question before as a poll. Who would you rather have? Jesse James, Antonio Bryant, and James Conner? Or Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Kareem Hunt? I saw that and answered it, and I went with the Kansas City guys. Um, okay, do, now, but if you throw Ben and Mahomes in there, who would you rather have? Uh, um, uh, that would swing me towards the Steelers, um, just because... It would swing, it swings me to the Steelers, too. But given how Ben played last week and Mahomes, too, don't you think it would be a close vote? 
it'd be a lot closer than we think. Um, hopefully, Ben can write the ship and get back to the Ben. And, and it you know, goes to uh, show you they need Le'Veon Bell. No matter how much yeah. people think they don't, James Conner had a good first game against a real bad team, and we shouldn't forget he had 14 yards on his last 10 carries. He might be the answer, but he might not be as well. Let's go real quick to Jim and Cranberry. Jim, you're on with Mark. Mark, uh, how you doing today? What's up? Um, I'm surprised you're defending Le'Veon Bell as much as you are. If no, if no, 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 that... no, no. You see, that's where people don't listen. Okay. I'm defending Le'Veon Bell's right to stay out because he is not signed by the Steelers and therefore not employed. I respect right. that he's taking a risk by leaving money on the table, but every time NFL backs have consecutive 400 touch seasons, their careers have traditionally been shortened. It's not what I would do. It's, a... it's not what I would do. I understand why he's doing it. But you agree that if, if the Steelers' ultimate goal is to get to the Super Bowl, we're better off with him here than him not here? Absolutely. How right. could, how could anybody say quick, otherwise? Do you think he's single-handedly trying to, or, or maybe he's blowing up the whole notion of the franchise tag by taking it on? No, no, he just wants money. Want he just wants what? money. He's not trying to prove a point. He used right. to say he was trying to set the bar for running backs. Somebody else already did that. Le'Veon Bell just wants paid. And, and really, they all just want paid. I mean, even Colin Kaepernick, he ended up with a check from Nike because he stuck to his principles. Uh, you know, I wonder how much longer he would have... No, he would have stuck to his principles. I, I give Kaepernick that. He's principled. But, um, but uh, I'm, I'm Le'Veon Bell, again, to make very clear, it's not what I would do, but I get why he's doing it. And that's not supporting him. That's taking an objective look at the situation. And I think people are being too rough on him. And I think the Steelers' offensive line was too rough on him. Up next in studio, it's Dejan, 105.9. X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan. That happens when the show's as popular as this one. Yeah, double M, man. He'd love the show. He just wants to dance. The X at 105.9. Joining me now in studio from DKPittsburghSports.com, it's Serbian reactionary Dejan Kovacevic. Dejan, uh, let me go off the board with my first question. How stupid is Gregory Polanco? to have spent a lifetime in baseball and not know how to slide. Oh, come on. Would you have said that about Rennie Stennett? Yes. Okay, well, things happen. I don't know. Did Rennie Stennett ever ever need shoulder surgery and treatment for a leg injury Rennie, after a slide? Yeah, for those who don't know, this was back in the in the late 70s. And he went 7 for 7. My childhood hero, Rennie Stennett from the Pirates. That's weird. Got his, oh no, I, I, my favorite player. He's not even Serbian. Got his spikes stuck in the dirt at this Wrigley Field. This isn't the Field. spikes getting stuck in the dirt. I this know. This is an idiot not well, knowing how to slide. He's, first of all, Polanco's not an idiot. We've had this discussion before. Polanco's anything but an idiot. Idiots. Uh, you know, there are players who come up through the Pirates system who aren't oh, are the you greatest. Are going to drafting and development again? No, just developing. Please don't bring it around Because to he wasn't drafted. He was a Latin American signing. He, You know, it. You see these guys come up, and they're not particularly sharp fundamentally. They're just not. Yeah, anybody should know how to slide after. Did you notice, by the way, when Joe Musgrove and these guys came from Houston, that those guys were We're able to turn plays? How about that? What do you know? No more Pirate Talk. I I was dumb to bring it up because, really, you only hit one note with Pirate Talk. Yeah, that's right. No, it's actually drafting and developing, so it's two. It's one. Uh, Getting to the Steelers. Is that loss at Cleveland, Ty, rather? Is it just one bad game where Harbinger... Of things to come. Ordinarily, I'd say the former, just one bad game. Yeah. 
But it was a real bad result against a real bad team. It was a real bad result against a real bad offense in particular. Uh, Cleveland had, obviously, their defense has improved. You had to like what you see from Denzel Ward. and Miles Garrett was just unbelievable. Uh, that said, yeah, it's a lousy result. I'd say it was one bad game, but and I hate to do this with a 53-man roster, but this is a bad game by your quarterback. Uh, oh, no question. I mean, that- Ben Roethlisberger did not play well. And... That's not to say that other things couldn't have gone well to compensate for that, but when Ben had, we counted these up, Mark, that out of his, he had the 18 incompletions, but 10 of them were just flat-out misfires, and that's so rare for Ben. It's it, You can attribute it, yeah, obviously, yeah, to the rain and everything. was all over the place. It really was, and, and that just tells me, plain and simple, that he wasn't on. And there's really nowhere you can go from that. You know that Ben's going to be Ben at some point or other. And actually, he was at different points in that game. Not actually, a, maybe not a little. Off, but not off. Well, it's, what's funny is that he actually was old school Ben being Ben at times with the the, the running, the athleticism that he showed uh, to get away from people. Uh, the One of the longest runs of but, his but career. But is that good or bad? What about the risk there? The risk is significant. I mean, there's a reason. I mean, that Todd Art- Haley's job was to keep him upright and get the ball out. That quick. was why Art Rooney brought him in. And now, yep. after one game without Haley, and I'm not a Haley fan, but all that's out the window. It appears uh, he got out of the pocket a couple of times, and he held onto the ball a little bit too long. But he also had other issues. He didn't play well. If he does play well, the Steelers win the game. We're not even talking about it. Does he need to play more in the preseason? That's moot now because the preseason's over. But would that help, and would that risk be worth the potential? When you've reward? got that much experience, you know how that is in professional sports. You do defer to those guys. Uh, you yeah, let but them, there's, still, there's still the rhythm of having done it recently. And we saw, I don't know how many people are aware of this, but in the preseason that uh, Tom Brady played an entire half uh, leading right into the regular season. He needed to get sharp, Bill Belichick. Whether you know Belichick's not in a position to order Brady around. We know that. Um, so I, I look at it as you have to defer to the veteran, but maybe the veteran needs to be more aware of it. Connor was very good, but he faded at game's end, just 14 yards in his last 10 carries, and he fumbled. How do you feel about Connor moving forward, especially now that better teams are on the horizon, and does the workload need to be split up a little bit? Yeah, I'm going to disagree a little bit that he faded because he also made a couple of big catches uh, out of the backfield on those flips. Yeah, and they also were running into stacked lines there. The Browns knew that they were going to be going for field goal position on that final drive in particular. Uh the linemen told me up in Cleveland really convincingly that they felt that Connor hit the holes very hard, maybe even harder than they expected. Oh, no, I think so, too. I've been saying all week, his acceleration yes. through the hole surprised me. And one thing that that does is that vindicates James on something that I'd been pretty doubtful of through the summer, which his decision to lose weight. And you and I have discussed that on this show. Was that what we wanted to see from him, or did we want to see old school James Conner from his pit days, where he was just knocking people backward? Well, it looks like he made the right call. Well, yeah, and he made the right call for how you need to run the ball in the National Football League. and how the Steelers like to run it. These offensive linemen, they kept comparing his style—not necessarily his accomplishments, obviously—but his style to D'Angelo Williams, where they liked blocking, holding that block, and having him go through and then slash to either side. He did a terrific job of that. Was the defense any better? Part of me says maybe, and I like the way the secondary is kind of coalescing, but Cleveland is so bad, yeah, and Tyrod Taylor is so bad, it's I tough know. to tell. It really is. And the offensive line was worse than Tyrod Taylor. I mean, they, they were an absolute mess, what the Browns were doing, uh, that you couldn't fairly judge even 
And I say this with all due respect to the AFC Defensive Player of the Week, T.J. Watt coming up with four sacks, block, field goal, and everything else, because the entire defensive front spent the entire game in the Cleveland backfield, which disrupts everything. So did they do a good job? Yeah. What, what impressed me the most, Mark, and I talked with a couple of their players about this today to get confirmation of this, was they had great communication even though they were doing all kinds of different formations. Again, something else you and I talked about on this program. Were they going to be trying to overthink too much? Was Keith Butler going to be pushing too many buttons? Well, he pushed a lot of buttons, but you didn't see any of that. Remember the game in New England a couple of years ago, Butler's first game as coordinator, where the defense had absolutely no idea how to communicate with each other, and you saw them turning left and right and bumping each other to try to get signals across? None of that happened in Cleveland. Yeah, I, I, I like some of the signs. I like that they tackled better. Yes. Uh, and, and you know what's funny? I like the DBs. I just don't know how they fit together best. And, and I fear for them Sunday against Kansas City if Hayden can't play. Because I really do feel like he's the glue, and nobody else can be in his absence. Uh, he he's going to be the most consistent guy. What was also encouraging, I thought about Sunday in Cleveland, uh, and this actually goes back through the summer in training camp, is that the defensive backs got their hands on the ball. Uh, even Cam Sutton, who got burned for the one touchdown, the next time they went at him, the Browns tried to pick on him. He turns around, plays the ball beautifully, comes up with the interception. That's their thing. They talk about this all the time. They want their hands on the football. Uh, I think they can be a pretty good defense. Not not a great one, but a pretty good one. Now, Kansas City is going to be a, a tougher nut to crack. Uh, Kelsey Hill and Hunt as weapons. Mahomes was real good at L.A. It could be a 50-49 to 49 final. And Kelsey is the type of tight end that kills the Steelers. He's, he's another Gronk. But uh, who do they face the biggest challenge from? Which of those weapons will give them the hardest time on Sunday? I don't think there's any question it's going to be Hill because you have the, the pure speed and you, you saw what... Yeah, but that's all he has. I know, but that's all you need sometimes. But, you know? but sometimes if you don't catch the ball like you should or if you don't make the right read you should, I don't know, big tight ends always kill the Steelers. That said... Except that Kelsey never has. Well, and Kelsey only got one target, I think, in yeah. LA or one catch, whatever it was, so now, maybe it's going to be different with I Mahomes. I mean, they have always done a number on Kelsey, and, and I think it is going to be different with Mahomes and Alex Smith, who relied on Kelsey an awful lot. I think what you're going to see, especially once Kansas City's coaching staff looks at the Steelers' tape from Cleveland, is that they're going to find a way to dump over those blitzes. Uh, Cleveland did that a couple of times, but, I mean, we were actually talking about this in the press box during the game, saying... Why aren't they taking advantage of that even more? Uh, Tyrod Taylor would drop back, and all he'd have to do is flick it in the air uh, to one of his running backs, and they would have been running for 30 yards. I think you're going to see Kansas City do some of that, especially early, to counter the Steelers' aggressive rush. Uh, do the Steelers really need to win Sunday because it feels like Oh, it. yeah. At home? Yeah. yeah. The, when, when, After when, tying the Browns? When, sure. When no Le'Veon? Yeah. Wouldn't 0-1-1 be a hole? I think it'd be a hole in more ways than one. Well, mentally, definitely. Yeah, I mean, mentally, you'd be, big you'd time. be casting doubt, and, and I can't stress this enough. It'd be happening at home. Uh, you're going to see. I'd be stunned, first of all, if Mike Tomlin doesn't have the offense get introduced, so that James Conner can get that roar when he comes out onto the field. Set that tone right there. Get the crowd into it. Get the crowd behind him. Run the ball early. Yeah, if they don't win that, that's. There's there's going to be doubt that sets in, not, not not just in the public, but with these guys. I really believe that. What's your prediction? I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win handily because I think the quarterback, when's the last time you saw Ben not bounce back after a bad well, game? Well, especially at home. Especially at home. That said, a lot of people are picking Kansas City, 
and they looked really good at L.A. Really good. Yeah, they they did they did a lot of good things. That said, I mean the the Chargers also give up a lot, uh, and I, I don't think you're going to see the Steelers' defense be anywhere near as accommodating as what Los Angeles's was. I, I got to get the little Pens talk before we we break good for today. Camp opens Friday. I wrote a column saying that we tend to overanalyze small flaws, and we ignore that the Penguins mm-hmm. are loaded. They really and, and are. And they really are loaded, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. I mean, that's the way I think of it. Um, even uh, yesterday, they had a, they had another one of those informal skates and scrimmages, and they were messing around with the lines. I mean, they were just making their own units. Sid goes out there with Gino and Phil, which was actually kind of funny. Yeah, we're not going to use that this season. And no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Maybe not even on a power play, but you are going to see... And you are going to see, I think, the depth that is there, Mark, all over the ice. Uh, even in that scrimmage, uh, every other line that came out there, you were saying to yourself, you know, the, you realize there's absolutely nobody on the perimeter on the outside who has a prayer of cracking this team, right? Well, I, I even That's wonder. Crazy, but it's I even true. wonder if Daniel Sprong and Zach Aston Reese are going to be in the lineup on opening night. We don't know that. I mean, let's say, let's say, for example, that. Uh, a player that not a lot of people are even aware of that he's with the Penguins. So Jimmy Hayes is a guy who was a pretty good penalty killer, role player in New Jersey. You good, like him, right? Good fourth line right wing. Like if the fourth line yep. was Cullen and Shane and Jimmy Hayes, you couldn't complain about no, that. No, you couldn't because the other thing you could do with those guys, regardless of what you'd get out of them five on five, and they'd be pretty effective at that, is you'd have your penalty killing would be set. And really, when you have a team as loaded up front as the Penguins, the fourth line is primarily to score pe- store penalty killers as much as anything else. And I think you're going to have to see, and Jim Rutherford threw me a hint to this effect a few weeks ago, that Daniel Sprong needs to be on the top three lines or he won't play. He'll be sitting up with us. So I don't think he's going to play. I I don't know. Although, I mean, although what I would do is, this is me. Yeah. I would put Sprong on Sid's line for the first month and see what happens. And, and take off Sid? What do you mean? I, Sid, Sid's not going to play with a guy who's not supporting the puck. He doesn't support the puck. Well, then, I mean, no, really. I mean, that's why you, I know you've been on Sid okay, about Sid Dominic Simone. Simone. Yeah. Right. But that's why, because Simone supports the puck. Simone makes the little plays to get the puck back to Sid so Sid and Jake can do their thing. I would not play Nobody Simone wants Sid, that because period. they see Dominic Simone get chances and not finish them. He's never going to do that. He's not well, going to score. Well, then he shouldn't play with NHL. Sid, Dejan. That's fine, but tell that to Sid. Well, if, All I'm saying, you brought if he up. If me, I will. You brought up Sprong in this equation, and I'm telling you that Sprong won't support the puck. People talk about his defense, Mike Sullivan will tell you that his biggest problem with Sprong is that he doesn't produce on offense in terms of supporting the puck, and he can't play with Sid. Well, if you're not going to play your big finisher with your big playmaker, that really rips asunder a lot of I, ideas I, I've had about I, hockey over the years. Well, we thought a lot of the same things when Phil me, came, and, right? Don't get me wrong. Well, Phil has to play with Sid because I Phil is... I think it's going to turn out like happen. you're saying, yeah. but it's not... like I think the first two lines there should be Gensel, Sid, and Hornquist, yep. Kessel, Hagelin, and Malkin. I will completely agree with you, but what do you do with a third? Uh huh. <laughs> well, Broussard, Broussard's a center. No matter so what they're thinking about, Broussard's I, I believe Broussard's going to stay at center. So you're talking Broussard, Rust, and Sprong? I would play Rust at right wing. Rust is a much better right wing. So you're moving Sprong out of position? You're moving Sprong to the press box? No, press box. Okay. So, I mean, like, I would play Sprong with Sid, but if they're not going to. And so what are you going to do with Sprong in the press box? Because he can't I go down. Just eat popcorn. Uh, well, you can share with Sprong. I'm just saying. I'd be more than happy. But you also can't just let him rot up there. He can't go back to the American Hockey League. He Maybe can't. you trade him. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, one other thing I want to say about the Penguins is that, that, you know, again, in terms of the notion that they're loaded, which not enough people really look at. Defensively, you know, too. Don't leave that out. Right here. Yeah. Uh, one of the best defense cores in the league from yeah. top to bottom. Emphasis on that phrase, from top to bottom. Top to bottom, because now I, what the hints that I've been getting 
from being around them the last couple of weeks is that I think you're going to see the top two pairings, Mark, be a lot more evenly split, not just in ice time, but also in roles. You're going to see games where Justin Schultz and Oli Mata are tasked with going against the other team's top pairing. Well, now now let me throw this out there, too. Mm-hmm. I've also heard they're considering balancing the bottom two pairs and having Mata play with Alexiak and Johnson play with Schultz. That might happen as well. And a lot of that is based on, obviously, who they feel is most comfortable as a left shot moving to the right side. They say that they're happy oh, no, with going to play the right Alexiak. side no matter what. Johnson says he can do it. Yeah, but, but he's better on the left than Alexiak's proven on the right. He is better on the left, and in particular, if the reason that you acquired Johnson, the primary reason was his breakout percentage rate, then that's absolutely the side you want to keep him on. You, you know who I feel a bit bad for sometimes? when they 73%, put, by the way. When they put the depth chart together is mm. Ole. Because I thought Ole was brilliant last year. He was really and, good. And he's like their, their Finnish army knife. <laughs> he could he could, he could he could partner anybody, and even though you know he belongs in the top four, he might wind up in the bottom pair just for the sake of him being able to partner and that's, anybody. That's the quote unquote price that you pay, if you will, for being on a championship caliber team. And, and, and Oli's never, you know, Oli. I mean, he's not the type to complain about anything, and he's going to put himself into the best situation to help the team. Actually, he complains about Aston Villa a lot, but that's a that's a different conversation. Uh, two guys are going to bounce back big. Matt Murray and Chris Letang. I think not only going to bounce back and play better, bounce back and, and be candidates for their respective trophies, especially Tanger. You want another one? Go ahead. Broussard. Yeah, you know what? That's a good point. But I, I just kind of wrote last year off as a lost season for him after coming to Pittsburgh because he, he started off he hurt was a mess, and never man. really fit in. No, but for, was, no, that's a real good point. That's actually. I, I, mean, I think that it, his history is such that he's so solid. There's a yes. reason every. But this is not like. Uh, well, he's a top six center on almost every team in the league, except this one. And that's part of what threw him. He was used to being on the power play yeah, in addition to he, everything else. He's used to that now. You know what? I, I spoke with him at length last week, and his head seems to be in a good place about that, but his focus was much more on chemistry. He said I, he needs to find people that he works with, and that's not to put the onus on them. He's putting it on himself that he needs to adjust. Well, look, if you're playing with... Who did we have on his line again? Brian Rust? And I, I, I would put Zach Aston Reese, but and it might Zach be Zach Aston Reese, you can find I, I like that a lot in large part because Aston Reese would go to the net, which is something that Broussard won't. I think you have a nice mix there. No, I'm a Broussard guy. And if, if I yep. if I didn't state him as a guy to have a bounce back here, I just assume he will. Yeah, absolutely. Because he's always been solid and he's a, he's a good guy to have. And in, he's in many healthy. Respects. He's healthy too. Right. That matters. Right. That's Dejan Kovacevic brought to you by Walnut Grill. I'm Mark Madden. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. Yep. You want an answer. You don't want no uh, hee-hawing. Well, I really do like the hee-hawing. The X at 105.9. Fox Soccer just put up a tweet uh, listing Liverpool's next seven games, which including uh, the Premier League, Champions League, and the League Cup. Tottenham, Paris Saint-Germain, Southampton, Chelsea, Chelsea, Napoli, Man City. And that's a pretty daunting stretch, but uh, the way Liverpool played this year and last, I say, don't sing it. Bring it. If you think any of those teams are crazy about playing Liverpool, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Time not to ask Mark anything. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. That's 412-333-WXDX. AMA brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood at Chapa, so check out Chapino in the Strip.
here's such a cliched question, but I'm I kind of want to discuss. Let's go to Ray in Oakdale. Ray, ask Mark anything. Mr. Matt, how are you today? Terrific. Uh, best Reuben in Pittsburgh. That's a good question because I like Rubens, but I almost never get them unless I'm in New York or Las Vegas. Because uh, I know there are good delis in Pittsburgh, but that's just a more familiar place for me to go to a deli. So I can't name one. Can you name one? Can you recommend one? I like Arby's. Come on. Uh, I mean, Arby's is good, but what about that place? What's that place downtown? Jimmy's or? There's like a corned yeah, beef place that? downtown. I believe it is Jimmy's. Well, I hear that place is really good, but I've never been there. Uh, I like Rubens. I like Rachel's, too. Ever have a Rachel? I have. That's basically like a Reuben with turkey, That's correct? Thank you for the call. Oh, it's Sammy's Famous Corned Beef. It's called Sammy's. Leaves the line open. Let's go to Brady and Elizabeth. Brady, ask Mark anything. What's up, Mark? Oh, I forgot about the Smallman Street Deli. Is that still open on Smallman Street? I should go there, too. I should have one more Reuben before I... I should have a Reuben while the parasite's still in me, so the parasite can enjoy it, too. Anyway, you were saying, Uh, Brady... uh, Gummy bears or gummy worms, which is better? I'm not a fan of anything uh, gummy. If that makes me a Philistine, then so be it, but I'm not a fan of either gummy worms or gummy bears. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Zach in the car. Zach, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, how are you? Good. Yeah, hey, uh, You brought up Kelso as biggest idiot on TV. No, no, no. I said the best idiot on TV. Uh, he is the number one idiot of all time on TV. Okay, uh, I wanted to mention Andy Dwyer from Parks and Recreation. Who plays that character? Uh, Chris Pratt. Yeah, you, you know what? I haven't watched that enough. I'll take your word for it. But he's no Kelso. I agree. I agree. You know who else was but... a great idiot? Uh, Vinny Barbarino, John Travolta on Welcome Back, Cotter. That was a good one. I agree. Let's go to Cody in Steubenville. Cody, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Good. I was wondering, I was looking at the Champions League groups, and Liverpool's got a tough group with PSG and Napoli. Where do you think they're going to finish in that group? I think we're going to win the group. I think you're going to win the group. I mean, PSG with Mbappe and Neymar that's uh, and Cavani, I mean, they're playing out of their minds right yeah, now. Who else Napoli. they got? Um, that's about it. I mean, Verratti. Well, that's the point. They're a very top-heavy team, correct? Yeah, they are very top-heavy. Top-heavy teams last year did not do well against Liverpool, did they? Yeah, and uh, Napoli, I mean, Insignia. I mean, they they got a pretty loaded team. Yeah, but Napoli lost a lot of players from last year. Yeah, that was. To the uh, they brought in Ancelotti, but Liverpool have always had success against Ancelotti teams, dating back to the uh, the miracle of, of Istanbul, and uh, and also Napoli are not off to a great start. I, I watched the game the other day. Sampdoria beat the hell out of them. Oh yeah, and they. I mean, Napoli underperformed in the Champions League last year too. I mean, they lost out the. See, I just have a ass. lot of faith in Liverpool this year. Yeah, and I mean, it's not just because the four zero start. I think this is the best constructed Liverpool team in quite some time. Uh, with Chieda and Fabinho in the midfield, even Henderson. Well, Fabinho there, hasn't even dangerous. gotten the lineup yet. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but I bet Fabinho plays a big role in the Champions League because Fabinho against a team like Napoli and Paris will be that traditional midfield stopper. I think you need that more in Champs League than you do in the Premier League. Although, really, any team that that has won the Premier League recently has had a very good holding midfielder. Let's go to uh, Sam in the car. Sam, ask Mark anything. 
Hey, Mark, in, uh, I know 30 for 30, you know, Rick Flair, that, they, that show they had that. How much, how much money in his heyday was Rick Flair making? They never really said that. Well, it, it depends. I mean, like, don't forget, Rick said, Rick's had a long career. Yeah. And inflation matters, too, right? Right. But Rick was probably making, when he was NWA Touring World Champion, he was probably making making a million a year, maybe over a million a year, at a time when nobody came close to making a million a year. Okay. Thank you. Now, he spent it as quickly as he got it. I know, because I saw him do it. Let's go to Rob Danton. Rob, ask Mark anything. Hi, Mark. Um, question, were you a fan of the uh, Vacation movie franchise? Yes, very much so. Is, very much so. I really ask because I saw a documentary recently on the original, and I learned a bunch of things. I was just curious if you knew about them. Like, the original ending was different, but it's just so poor. Yes, yes, yes. I, I did know all that. Uh, okay, the was, the, the original ending, they, they get arrested and don't get to ride the rides. Right, I guess they, 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 they I guess they take, I guess they did it later. They, they, they went to the home of the gentleman that played Roy Wally, who they cast that, that particular actor because he looked exactly like Walt Disney. Right, um, right. No, no. I, I, but I thought that was a brilliant movie, and I like the franchise. Uh, my, you know what my second favorite one is? You'll probably laugh because most people would not pick this. Uh, Vegas Vacation. Oh, no, that was, yeah. I thought, was, uh, I thought it really captured the kids becoming adults, and it captured Clark in, in middle-age crisis. And you can't beat Mr. Papadopoulos. Papa Giorgio, please. Papa Giorgio, yeah. I'm sorry. yeah you I are in so much can't. trouble, young man. And uh, I, I wasn't as crazy about Christmas and European, but they both had their moments, didn't they? Hello. You know, you know what was you know what European was the worst one. Well, this new one with Ed Helms was awful. Let's be honest, it was awful. But uh, but you know, it was a great moment, and I never saw this coming. Remember, uh, Clark shoots Ellen in the shower, and they lose the camera. Next thing you know, there's a film in Italy called The Hot Wet Wife. When that, I saw it, I just I busted out laughing. That was good. Let's. I got to take. Let's go to Lenny and Butler. Lenny, ask Mark anything. Mark, uh, what do you think about roadside memorials? I hate them. Keep your grieving to yourself. Keep it private. Thank you very much. Let's go to Travis in the truck. Travis, ask Mark anything. Uh, yeah, what was your uh, first job out of high school? I was a sports writer. Yeah, there you have it. Well, that's, understand, I've had a full-time job since I was 18 years old, always in my field, well, the equivalent of a full-time job. Like, I would write for two different papers piecemeal, but make the equivalent of a full-time job, at least a really bad full-time job. I'm a pro. I'm a lifer. I didn't oh, yeah. abandon I mean, anything. What you love. That, no, I didn't do what I love. I did what I was good at, and I grew to love it. I guess I loved it first. This made me rich. Rich! Let's just be Tottenham first. 105.90X.